Well, I want to go tonight, and I want to talk to you about, do you want to be well? And if you'll look with me at John, the fifth chapter this evening, I'm going to begin reading right now. Afterwards, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the sheep gate was the pool of Bethsaida with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, lay on the porches. And one of the men who had been sick was, had been lying there for 38 years. When Jesus saw him, he knew that he had been ill for a long time. And he asked him, would you like to get well? And the man replied, I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the water when it bubbles up. Well, someone else always gets ahead of me, he went on with his complaint. And Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. And instantly the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath, so the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. The law doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. But he replied, the man who healed me told me, pick up your mat and walk. Who said such a thing as that, they demanded. The man didn't know, for Jesus had disappeared into the crowd. But afterward, Jesus found him. Jesus found him. Look at that. Jesus found him in the temple and said, now you are well. So stop sinning, or something worse may happen to you. Then the man went and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had healed him. You know, when I read these stories, there are sometimes things that just kind of stand out to me that I'd like to point out to you this evening. Number one, this miracle took place at the Pool of Bethesda, which was near the Sheep Gate. And that's a very important point to remember. And I remember being there and seeing that when I had the opportunity to go study briefly in Israel. And that is the sheep gate. When I think about that, we know that Jesus is the way. We know that he's the truth and the light. But you know what? The gate that pe most people enter into faith is through your witness as a testimony. When you share your faith through the church, the church, we imagine our Sunday services here at Woodland as being a, a wide open front door because most people in America, if they're going to go to church, they will still come with you if you invite them on a Sunday morning. And so our Sunday morning uh, services are always designed to, to meet a need of both the saved and those that haven't put their faith in Christ yet. And so I, when I think about the church throwing open its doors wide open to lost people as well, saying, come in, you know, you can come in a goat and you can leave a sheep. Isn't that wonderful? You see, sheep are what is one of Jesus' favorite terms to describe you and I. And goats are those that are rebelling. They, you, you know them just by their attitude. But you can come in as a goat. You can be born again and leave as a sheep. And God has something wonderful for you as well. The other thing I want you to see here is that Jesus saw this man. And I just think that is so incredible that Jesus saw him. Jesus sees you tonight, and you may be at home sick. Somebody may have told you about this service, and you're watching, and maybe you're struggling with COVID right now, or cancer, or heart disease, or you've got some problems with your legs or your hips. And the thing is, you're watching tonight, and you're struggling but Jesus sees you, and he loves you, and he knows exactly where you are. And the other thing I want you to see is the water bubbling up. 
And I think sometimes people are waiting for that big moment. And Becky and I learned this from a lady by the name of Agnes Thomas back when we were in our 20s. She worked, she and her husband worked with a very famous man. As a matter of fact, her father worked with him, and she grew up knowing Smith Wigglesworth, which was a, a man that God used powerfully. And I remember talking to Agnes because she and her husband also went to work for Smith Wigglesworth and traveled with him around the world. And I asked her one time about revival and, and when God sends a, a move of his spirit. And she looked at us over dinner one night and she says, that's the mistake that most people make. They're waiting for the big event. They're waiting for the big breakthrough. Labor every single day in faith expecting God to break through. So don't wait for a big shot. Don't wait for a big event. Friends, tonight I'm telling you if you will reach out in faith God has an answer in prayer for you for your, for your physical health, for your family health, for your marriage, for your finances. God sees you right where you're at and he loves you so much. Well, let's get right into the message tonight. The Sabbath, Jesus Jesus healed this man on the Sabbath, and I don't think Jesus was intentionally trying to tweak their nose or provoke them, but by healing the man on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders objected to that. I think sometimes that we forget that God made the Sabbath to bring good gifts to us and to bless us. He didn't make the Sabbath to deny us or to oppress us. When God made the Sabbath, it wasn't about keeping rules. It was about to bring his goodness into your life. It was about bringing blessings into your life. It was about your being able to enjoy everything that God has for you. And when Jesus looked at this man, he chose the most difficult case that there was. He looked at this man, and, and when you imagine the pool of Bethesda, like I told you, I've been there before in the, the steps and the pool when you imagine Jesus looking around and seeing all of the paralytics were there, Jesus chose and picked out the most difficult case there was. I see Jesus having a plan. Jesus saw him. I see, secondly, Jesus giving, uh, having an action plan that Jesus gave this man something to do. I see also that Jesus has conviction, and Jesus goes and finds the man later and says, stop sinning or something worse may happen. And you think, what worse could happen to the man than having been a paralytic for 38 years? Well, friends, the worst thing that could have happened is if he had died and gone to hell. The worst thing I can imagine is God would do a miracle in your life and then you not live for him. That God would bless you. And when I think about all the blessings that God has poured out upon our congregation and that someone might be like Demas and forsake the Lord and go out back out into the world. Or when I think about the blessings that God has poured upon the United States, multiple, multiple blessings. Something worse could happen. And friends, tonight I'm calling us not only to walk in health, but I'm calling us to walk with conviction, not convictions of legalism, but of a love and a passion for the Lord like we've never had before. But something else I want you to see is that Jesus loved this man. Now, <clears throat> this man was paralyzed. And I have seen, I have prayed, I have worked with people in third world countries. I've gone places that I would hesitate to take other place, people to. And I've seen their rough and scarred hands where they drag themselves along the street. I've seen people with this sort of paralysis and they cannot control their bladder and they cannot control their bowels. And I don't mean to be gross, but I want you to see what Jesus saw and why I think Jesus went to this man. 
Because there is a stench, there is an odor, and people tend to avoid people like that. I feel compassion for like that because I can remember when people would avoid me because of the, of the stench and the odors that was associated with the illnesses that I had as a child. Somebody had to constantly move him. Somebody had to bathe him because he couldn't even take care of his own personal hygiene. And he had to live off of whatever people would give him out of their charity or their compassion. He literally had to beg. And this was the man that Jesus was went to. Imagine for just a moment that you're going to be paid the same as everybody else, but you choose the most difficult job at the Ford plant or the GM plant. Imagine that you're going to make the same thing as everybody else, and somebody else is choosing the cushy job, but you choose the most difficult and hard job that there is, and you go and do that. Jesus chose the most difficult case because in his day, and sometimes people make this mistake today, people often associated sickness with sin. If somebody was sick, it was because they had sinned. Listen, Jesus teaches us clearly that sickness and suffering are not a manifestation of personal sin necessarily. Sickness and suffering are not a manifestation of personal sin. Now, you may sin and get sick as a result of that sin. You may abuse alcohol, or you may abuse prescription drugs, or, or you may go out and, and live a very worldly, immoral lifestyle and end up sick. But sometimes, like friends of mine and Becky's, they, he contracted HIV, not because he'd ever been unfaithful to his wife, but because he got a tainted blood transfusion. And so somebody who lives like that, always judging somebody else because of their problems in life, they're no different than the people that I met in India who show no compassion for the poor, show no compassion for the homeless, because they believe in a previous life they must have sinned grievously, and that's why they're living their life this way. Jesus dispels all of that because God goes to those who hurt and suffer. So, but the reason, that, again, that I believe Jesus called his number out and says, listen, don't go back to sinning or something worse may happen, is because it is possible, it is possible his illness was not the result of an accident. It is possible, the Bible doesn't tell us why, it is possible that his illness was due to either immorality or sin, but he calls him to live a lifestyle of holiness or repentance, to change his mind and follow him. And I'll show you at the end why I believe this is a real strong possibility in this particular man's life. Now, one other problem before I take you through some really easy steps tonight. They're easy to remember. They're not necessarily easy to do. And that is simply this. The Jewish leaders exhibited the same attitude that religious people do. You see, religious people love religion without necessarily loving God. Religious people can love the music, they can love the, the order, they can love the art, they can love the discipline, but they have no love for God. And the Jewish people, those Jewish leaders, not the people, but those Jewish leaders, their problem was not the law, but their lack of love for the lawgiver. That was their problem. 
Their problem was they did not love the one who gave us the law. They did not love the one who gave us law. They didn't recognize that Jesus was the one that was there. You see, Jesus, and if you'll put that up on the screen for me, the problem was not the law. There you go. Thank you. The problem was not the law. It was their lack of love for the giver of the law. And the giver of the law was right there. It was Jesus Christ. Instead, they loved their man-made rules. There was no place in the law that said a man could not pick up his sleeping mat. No place in the law that said that the man could not pick up his sleeping mat. I mean, that would be like saying you can't brush your teeth on Sunday morning because that's work. That would be like saying you can't make up your bed on a Sunday morning because that's work. No, they loved their religion more than they loved the Lord Jesus Christ, more than they love God. And again, I just want to call you back. If you've been watching The Chosen, you've seen this, I think, demonstrated so wonderfully. God stands by his word, but the word, the word tonight is meant to be taken with the Holy Spirit, the spirit of the word, the spirit of the law. Well, here's the question tonight. Do you want to be made well? Well, the first answer, I hope, is this, that I want to be made completely well. I want to be made completely well. I mean, this is such a, an unusual question that Jesus asked this man. Look with me at John 5, 6. Would you like to get well? Now, if you'd have asked me that at any point when I was disabled, I would have said yes. Matter of fact, I used to pray all the time. I can, I can remember nights in the middle bedroom in our home. I would be laying my hands like I saw him do on church. I'd be laying my hands on myself saying, Lord, I'm asking you tonight in the name of Jesus to heal me. I would go to sleep fully expecting to be made completely well the next morning and pop up the sheets and there had been no change in my life. I, I would go to the altar and be prayed for. I mean, if you'd asked me, did I want to be made well Everybody knew I wanted to be made completely well. But this man, he begins to just equivocate. There's no yes or even no there. And so I have to wonder, was this man really wanting to be made well? Because if he was made well, he would have had to enter back into a world of work. He'd have had to enter back into a world of responsibilities. So my question tonight is, do you really want to be made well? Do you want your marriage well? Do you want your finances well? I mean, a lot of people ask me to pray for their finances, and I ask them, are you tithing? And they'll hang their heads and go, no. I'll say, if I pray for you, I'm, I'm going to believe God to, to heal your finances, but you've got to put God first or you're going to be back in this same problem, in this same shape. Listen, if you find yourself repeating the same error over and over, you need to stop and ask yourself a question. You know, sometimes people come to me and say, I want my marriage to be made whole. I want a good marriage. And then I'll ask them the questions. Are you willing to do this and that? And we'll go through some of the biblical commandments. And I've had had people at times say, I'm not, I'm not willing to do that, then you're never going to have a whole marriage. Friends, sometimes people ask me to pray for their health, and I will ask them, are you going to stop smoking because you're destroying your, your health with your tobacco? Sometimes I'll ask them, are you willing to start eating right? Are you willing to start exercising? Do you know I have talked to people that the doctor has told them, now listen to this, I have talked to people and the doctor has told them, if you'll just change your diet, you'll get better and they won't change their diet. They don't want to be well. They love their food more than they love their health. I've talked to people, their doctor says, you know, if you'll just quit eating these certain foods, 
you'll get better. I've talked to people that the doctor said, if you will exercise. You see, friends, the question tonight is, do you want to be made completely well? If so, if so, stop whining and making excuses for yourself. If so, stop complaining. Stop being a whiny hiney. Stop making excuses and look to God in prayer tonight. This man actually looked at Jesus, and Jesus, do you want to be made well? And the man, look at this, he just comes up with an excuse. He says, Jesus, let me tell you why I can't be well. Let me tell you why I can't be whole. I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool. When the water bubbles up, someone always gets there ahead of me. I can almost hear the man whining. Jesus, I can't. Oh, Jesus, somebody always gets ahead of me. Jesus, you know, somebody kicks me in the head on the way down. I just can't. Don't tell Jesus what you can't do. Ask him to do what he can do for you and you alone. Come on, Victory. Something in me, there's a well bubbling up in my soul tonight. I want you to hear this because if you're listening to, to, to me tonight and you're, you're thinking, I, you know, I just don't know. Will God, is God, listen, friends, stop whining. Stop making excuses for yourself. Stop doubting. Believe your faith and doubt your doubts. Believe the Word of God. Trust the Word of God. You know, I meet people all the time, and they're always telling me, why this happened and why that happened. You know, uh, the, the, the church didn't show me they loved me. The pastor didn't call me or my small group didn't call me. Let me tell you something. When I'm sick, I don't wait on somebody else to call me. I call and I ask for prayer. Let me tell you something. If I'm going through a struggle, I, I've got three people I pray with every single week. And I just open up my heart tonight, just before the service, I prayed with one of my prayer partners tonight, and I just opened up my heart. I said, here's what I need you to pray with me about him. I, I shared some very personal things with him this evening. You reach out and you ask people to. I find out the body of Christ is willing to respond, but sometimes people have to ask. And when the word of the Lord comes to you with a promise, don't stop making excuses of why God can't do it. Maybe you grew up in a church where they told you God doesn't heal anymore. Now, I meet those people and I feel sorry for people who grow up being told that God doesn't heal, God doesn't bless. I, I really do. I feel sorry for people like that. But let me tell you something. Tonight, you need to give up that stinking thinking, and you need to accept what the Word of the Lord says. There is no place in the entire Bible that says that God stopped healing people. He's still healing people today. Listen to what John Wooden said. Do not let what you cannot do interfere with what you can do. You say, well, pastor, why do I have to do anything? Well, you have to have faith. You have to believe God. You have to trust God. And so, and we'll get on to that. There's a little picture I've asked them to put up tonight, and, and hopefully you're seeing a penguin jumping that's inside of a Zodiac boat. Let me tell you the story of this. You may have seen it, but a travel blogger caught this. They were out in the Antarctic region, and they were out with a tour group in these Zodiac boats. That's the kind of boat that you're looking at. And this 
orcas were circling around, a pod of orcas were circling around their, their Zodiac boats, and all of a sudden there was this penguin came by, and they decided to eat the penguin, and the penguin swam straight for the boat. He jumped and hit the side of the boat, fell back in the water, took another running start, or swimming start at it, took another swimming start at it, and jumped. And I have a picture of that, but it's fuzzy. It doesn't show up real well on the screen. And he landed inside that boat. And so the orcas continued swimming around that boat while the penguin was safe with the tourists. They were all shocked and surprised and taking pictures, and they just kept on cruising. And in a few minutes when it was safe, the, the penguin jumped back out into the water, and the blogger says that everybody was clapping and cheering for the penguin. Let me tell you something. The enemy runs about like a roaring lion, seeking whose faith he may devour. The enemy goes about, the apostle Peter tells us, looking for people that he can take out. Sometimes you've got to make the effort. Sometimes you need to come to the altar. Sometimes you need to call for the elders of the church. Sometimes you need to go to your small group and say, listen, this is what's going on in my life. Sometimes you need to pick up the phone and call your small group leader and say, I need you to pray with me. You need to sometimes just reach out yourself. Well, God is always good. God is always good, but some people doubt that. Look at this. You were whining. You were whining, and the Lord heard you when you cried, Oh, for some meat. We were better off in Egypt. Now the Lord will give you meat, and you will have to eat it, and it won't be for just a day or two or for five or ten or even twenty. You'll eat it for a whole month until you gag and are sick of it, for you have rejected the Lord who is here among you, and you have whined to him, saying, Why do we ever leave Egypt? Christian, I'm speaking to you now, not to the lost person. Maybe you've been guilty of whining against the Lord. Maybe you've been guilty of complaining against the Lord. Maybe you've been acting like God has not been good to you. Maybe you haven't had what you've wanted right now. I mean, they wanted meat. They were tired of manna. They were tired of manna burgers. They were tired of manna stew and manna soup and everything else. But God was teaching them something. Rather than trust in what God was trying to do, they complained against the Lord. God is always good. And if he's allowing you to go through a struggle, if he's allowing you to go through a trial right now, don't complain against the Lord. But you be like that penguin. You make a running start for it. And if you hit the side of the boat and bounce back in the water and the enemy's still coming after you, you take another run and you head back for the altar again by your bed, in your prayer chamber, in this church, and you get before the Lord and you don't let go until God moves in your life. So make every effort to respond to God's promises. Now, you need to go back and listen to the messages before this, because next week I want to talk to you about how to pray for a miracle, how to pray for healing in your life. But right now, you need to, make, you need to be like that penguin making every effort you can to respond to the promises of God. Now, you say, Pastor, what do you mean I need to make an effort? This man didn't make an effort. I'm getting there. Just hold on. I love the way that you get ahead of me sometime. But let me, get, let me show you what I'm trying to say. Jesus did not say to this man, be healed. He gave this man a command. And instantly, that man had to decide whether he was going to obey Jesus or not. Sometimes in a miracle, not every time, 
But sometimes in a miracle, you have your part to play as well. This man and this miracle, he had his part to play. God doesn't always do it the same way every single time. I've seen people heal that just began to rejoice. They weren't even asking God for the miracle. God just simply did the miracle for them. I've seen people that we've prayed for and instantaneously they were healed. And I have prayed and fasted for months at a time for somebody. And I don't know why God doesn't, but God didn't heal them. But the key is you've got to make every effort that you can make to respond to the promises of God. I'm not talking about legalism, but I am talking about spiritual discipline. I am talking about feeding on the promises of God, feeding on the Word of God. I am talking about praying. What's one of the reasons that I pray? The One of the reasons I pray is I want to stay strong in the Lord. I want to be filled up with the Spirit of God. I want there to be power about my life and my preaching ministry. I want there to be the power of God in my marriage and in my family. And I can't do that and ignore my prayer life and ignore the study of the Word. So it's important that we, we do all of these things, our spiritual disciplines. So make every effort. Now think about this. A ball player, if he loves Jesus and is a passionate follower of Christ, he's still going to go practice every single day. A carpenter is still going to go and learn his trade and work at becoming better and better at his trade. I read several books on communication every single year because I want to become better and better at preaching the word of the Lord. I, I don't have time to rest on my laurels. I don't have time to rest on what I did in the past. I can't just pull out a sermon from yesterday or years ago. That's stale bread. I need to come with something fresh every week for the congregation. So I'm typically preparing two or three messages a week. I'm not preaching the same message over and over the way a, maybe a traveling speaker does or a motivational speaker does or maybe someone that's making you know video presentations or TED Talks. They make the same talk over and over, but every single week, it's like a baker coming out with something fresh and something new. Somebody walked into my office one day, and I had all my, my resources spread out. I was studying. I was writing, and they looked, and they said, what are you doing? I said, I'm studying for my message, and they just looked at me and said, Pastor, I just always thought you just stood up there and talked right off the cuff, and, and I go, no, I, there are some people that may be gifted at that, but I'm not one of them, and so you, you make every effort. But I make that effort knowing that if I will prepare my heart in prayer, prepare my heart in the study of and rightly dividing the Word of God, I will have something to preach on Sunday morning and Wednesday night. So Jesus told this paralytic man, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Boy, I wish I could do another whole sermon just on this. <clears throat> Instantly... Virtue had to flow into this man's legs. Instantly, healing power had to flow into this man. 38 years he had been this way, but something happened. He knew that something happened, but he had to stand up. Had he forgotten how to stand up? Atrophied muscles suddenly were restored. Bones that had become fragile from lack of use were restored. Nerves and tendons were restored. He knew something. It may have actually hurt him for the healing to come. I've had miracles of healing in my life. They're hurt when they happen. There's a, there's a heat and almost an electricity sometimes that you could feel when God begins to work in your life. And then Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat. In other words, defy the tradition of the day, defy the religion. 
these man-made rules were not God's rules. Do not make the mistake of adding to or taking away from the word of the Lord. Listen to what Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 5. In view of all of this, make every effort. Make every effort. When I read that, it's like, good gracious, alive. Am I making every effort? Am I doing everything I can? Do I depend on God? Yes. I labor in the strength that God gives me. I labor with the power that God gives me. I labor with what he's put in my hands. But I make every effort to respond to God's promises, which tells me my effort alone is not going to do it. My effort in my marriage alone, my effort in my being a father and a grandfather, my effort in being a pastor, my effort in being a citizen, my effort in every area of life is not enough. I've got to do, but I've got to do what I've got to do. Jesus learned obedience from the things he suffered. Jesus learned how to be a carpenter. Jesus learned how to be a teacher. Jesus learned how to be a preacher. He was anointed by the Holy Spirit. And what he did, the miracles he did, he didn't do by his own power. He says, I do it by the power of my Father, which is in heaven. Make every effort to respond to God's promise. Supplement your faith with generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge. Now listen, I really believe the Lord wants me to say this to you tonight. Faith does not make excuses. Faith does not make excuses. Faith makes no provision for failure in your life. Some people don't get a miracle because they're afraid of being embarrassed. Some people don't pray for other people to have a miracle because they're afraid of being embarrassed. Pastor, what if I pray for somebody and they're not healed? What if I pray for somebody and and their marriage is not restored? What if I pray for somebody and God doesn't answer the prayer? Fear of embarrassment shuts us out of the promises of God. Pride was the original sin. Pride goeth before a fall. I'm not God. I believe God answers my prayers. As a matter of fact, I know God answers my prayers. But I am never going to let fear of embarrassment keep me from speaking up for the Lord, keep me from being a witness for the Lord, or keep me from praying for somebody else to experience the goodness of God. But the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. And we are confident in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things we commanded you. May the Lord lead your hearts into a full understanding and expression of the love of God and the patience that comes from Christ. Can you say amen out there? Listen, I am confident God will strengthen you. I am confident that God will guard you from the evil one. Sometimes God puts a boat out there like he did for that penguin. Sometimes you've got to make every effort to do what you can do, like Coach John Wooden used to say. Sometimes Jesus comes to those and he just looks at you in the eye and he says, stand up. Stand up. Pick up your mat and walk. And you respond to the promises of God. Now here's the key to this miracle. Get to really know who Jesus is. Get to really know who Jesus is. I just recommended a book a few weeks ago, The Jesus I Never Knew by Philip Yancey. I would really recommend that book to you. If you want to start with a book about reading about the life of Jesus, but I would start 
If I were you, I would start with this Gospel of John. Read the book of John. John goes all the way back to the beginning before Adam and Eve, and and he writes about the divinity of Jesus and how God is one, but he reveals himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You see, that man, and again, I believe I'm speaking to somebody by the Holy Spirit, and just hang in here with me. I'm almost finished. I know that we've gone a little over the half an hour, but that man evidently didn't care enough to find out who it was that healed him. And boy, that just really blows me away. He did not care enough to find out who. He was healed, and he took up his mat. He, did he thank the Lord? Did he embrace the Lord? Did he say, who are you? I mean, did he, what did he do? But he did not know who Jesus was, the Scripture says, and Jesus had left because of the crowd. I don't ever want the Spirit of the Lord to walk out of this sanctuary. I don't ever want the Spirit of the Lord to forsake my home or my marriage. The psalmist David cried out one time, asking, begging the Lord not to forsake him, not to take his Holy Spirit away from him. I'm challenging you tonight to get to really know, because if you know who Jesus is, you know that he wants to heal. If you know who Jesus is, you know that he wants to deliver. You see, The Bible says this tonight, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And you see, I believe that's exactly what Jesus did for this man. Jesus went back and found him and told him. He loved him enough to go find him. Jesus sees you tonight. He's got you listening to this message so that you know that you're loved. So come to Jesus this evening. Come by faith. That's what this word is saying. Come by faith to Christ tonight. Just talk to Jesus and tell him you love him. Secondly, take what Jesus is offering to you. Jesus offers you new life. Jesus offers you forgiveness of sin. Jesus took not only your sins and iniquities, but he took your sicknesses to the cross. Take the healing that Jesus offers, and then take the time to learn about Jesus. Take the time to learn who he was. Now, I promised you at the beginning of this message, I would come back and I'd tell you, Why I believe this man's sickness may have been connected to maybe a sinful attitude or something else, that it might not have been an accident. Because the man, when he found out who Jesus was, rather than seeking to follow Jesus, he was eager to go back and please the Jewish leaders and sell Jesus out to them. And there are a lot of people, there are a lot of people who are willing to take from God but they live as an enemy of God. There are a lot of people willing to take a miracle from God, but they live as an enemy of God. They pursue their own selfishness. And Jesus comes to them and says, listen, stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. There is something worse than not being healed, my friend. There is something worse than not being physically healed. There's something worse than not being spiritually or emotionally healed. And that is to die in your sins without Jesus Christ. God is a merciful God. He loved you so much that he sent Christ to die for your sins. He loved you so much that he didn't come into this world to condemn you, but to save you. 
But tonight, he says to you and he says to me the same thing that he would say to this man that he spoke to and gave a commandment, and that was stop sinning. Friend, tonight, as you seek a miracle, do you want to be whole? Do you want to be spiritually whole? Do you want to be emotionally whole? Do you want to be physically whole? If so, commit your life to Christ and be a passionate follower of Jesus Christ. Let me pray for you right now. Father, I ask you that tonight, that more than wanting to be healed, that we'll want to be completely whole. We'll want to be well, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. I'm asking you, Lord, tonight that we'll stop making excuses for why we can't be healed, but instead we'll look to your word and we'll trust your word. We'll trust what you want to do in our lives. And Father, I ask you to help us to make the effort to live a godly life and to make every effort to respond to the promises of God. They are yes and amen to us, Lord. And then finally, Lord Jesus, I pray that right now that faith will rise up in each of our hearts and that we will receive what you have for us, eternal life, healing for our bodies, healing for our minds, and healing for our emotions. For it's in Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, listen, if you commit your life to Jesus Christ or if you need special prayer for healing tonight, please don't hesitate to email us at office at woodland.church. I want to be your prayer partner. I want to be someone praying for you. And I promise you, if you'll email it to that address, I will get a copy of it, and I want to be somebody that's praying for you this week. God bless you. I look forward to seeing you Saturday night for prayer.